0: and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're gonna partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today, and always remember that God is madly in love. With you, let's get to the service.
1: Who's ready for some word today? Praise God! You know, twelve days of Christmas. I was just thinking, what is it? Is it six geese laying? Okay. Uh, who, if somebody says you got a goose egg, what does that mean? Well, it actually means you got zero. You got nothing. So, so six goose eggs. Uh, How bad is that? Our 12 days of Christmas is so much better than that. You you get something. You're not getting any goose eggs. Uh, So, anyway, with that said, praise God. How many know that, uh, that God's got a plan? And that He's never been caught off guard, never been surprised. And uh, so, you know, he, he, he was never, you can't stump God. You know, my pastor, uh, David E. used to always say, one thing God has never said is, uh-oh. Because nothing ever took him off guard. Praise God. And I'm so excited about that. see, here's the thing. And this is the thing the Lord was, was, was speaking to us a little bit earlier, is that um, we have got to learn to listen to heaven and to heaven's agenda. Because when you start listening to heaven's agenda, It sounds a whole lot different than what you're hearing on this earth, what you're hearing through the voices that be on this earth. Heaven's agenda sounds a whole lot different. And when we look at heaven's agenda, you know, heaven's agenda is being advanced. God not only has a plan, but he knows how to get his plan done. Praise God. Praise God. You know, I want to say um, that our Father is the original giver. The original giver. The original giver of good gifts. Praise God. Everything that God has ever done, it's been good. It's been good. Praise God. And everything that He has ever done has always been about you. Now, I'm going to say something that really fits with next year's theme, uh, but I I need to say it this morning, that um, we've had this conception of God, that everything he's ever done has been about him. And, you know, and and from our point of view, yes, it is about him. But from his point of view, it's not about him, it's about you. See, because he is love, love is not self-seeking. So God is not seeking something for himself. He's seeking to bless you. Now, sometimes to bless you, it sounds like it's about him if we listen with our distorted natural ears. But when we listen to the heart of God, it's about you. The the passage that Pastor Jason just used in receiving the, the tithes and offerings this morning. Say, give and it shall be given to you. See, many people, they stop hearing when they hear the word give. They hear give and they think, oh, well, he's just wanting something from me. But what he says, if we'll listen to the rest of it give and it shall be given to you. That's what he's after he's not after you to give he's after the his desire is to give to you. Praise God in fact most of that verse the, the only part of that he says give and then he tells you what it's what he's, what he, his heart really is. When he says give, that's, he he tells you to give so he can give to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's how he wants to give to you. He didn't tell you to give to him, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. No, he goes on, he says, with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you again, so he takes what you give, and then he multiplies it and turns around and gives it back to you. But if you multiply goose eggs, you still get goose eggs. Multiply anything times nothing, you get nothing. He says, give, and it shall be given to you. Why? He's a giver. He's a giver. That's his nature. That's all he wants to do. It gives him delight. It is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom, to give you everything he's got. That's his good pleasure. That's his will. That, that's what makes God happy, is to give to you. You say, well, why did I have to give? He's just trying to give to me, then why do I have to give? Well, the reason you have to give is because You got to learn this. You need to learn this. All right? Turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor Dan is about to share something extremely important, so listen up. You got to get this. All right, here's the thing. God gave man Dominion and authority in the earth. And God can do nothing in the earth unless he gets a man who has authority in the earth to give him permission. So, what does he do? He says, if you'll give me something that will give me permission to in return give you something do you ever wonder why god told abraham take your son isaac up on a mountain where i'm going to that i'm going to show you and i want you to offer him to me as a sacrifice do you ever wonder why god did that you know why would god ask somebody he gives Abraham, this son, by promise, and he, he prophesies all these things about what's going to happen to Isaac, you know, and you and your seed, um, all the families of the earth will be blessed, and he tells him all these things, and then he says, now I want you to take him up on the mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him to me, I want you to give him to me, why did he, Why would God do something like that? Because God wanted to give his son. But he could not give his son until a man gave him permission by offering his son. So he said, I need you. I really want to send my son into the world. So I need you to take Isaac your son, by promise, I need you to take him up on the mountain and to a place that I'm going to show you, and I need you to offer him there as a sacrifice to me. And I don't know if Abraham understood what he was doing or not. All I know is Abraham trusted God. And so he took Isaac up on the mountain. And he offered him to God. And it gave God permission then to send his son into the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but he did not have permission to do that. Oh, isn't he the sovereign God? Can't he just do whatever he wants to do? No. God bound himself by his own word. Did God have the, uh, the the power to do it? Did he have the, the ability to do it? Yes, he didn't have the permission to do it. Because he bound himself to his own word. Now, that's a good thing. Sometimes we think that's a bad thing. Well, I've got to give in order for God to give to me. Well, that's a good thing. Because you then get, get to be involved, and there's an exchange that takes place there. And there is a love relationship between you and God that he wants to share with you. He wants to, and, and whatever you, I, I promise you this, you cannot outgive him. Whatever you give to him, if you're giving with strings attached, you didn't really give it to him. You know, you, uh, the reason the string's attached is so you can pull it back at any time you want. If you give it with strings attached, you didn't really give it. I'm talking you give God something so he gives you something, praise God, and God doesn't have strings attached to his either. Praise God. When he gives gifts, his gifts are always good, but his gift is always more than what you gave him. Like he takes what you give him, he multiplies it, and then turns around and gives it back to you. Praise God! The story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 uh, you know, which really, technically speaking, was probably more like 20,000 uh, when you consider that the scripture says 5,000 men besides women and children. So, really. Was more like 20,000 people at the bare minimum. Jesus took five loaves, two small fish, and he multiplied it. He broke it, multiplied it, and gave it back to the people in multiplied form. Praise God. It's a beautiful picture of what God does when we give to him. Praise God. Now, John chapter 3, verse number 14. Now, we're all familiar with verse number 16, but I want to read 14 through 18. It says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, here we see it again. God said, Moses, I want you to make a brazen serpent and I want you to lift it up on a pole. And when the people are bitten by serpents, they'll look at the serpent on the pole and they'll be healed. So he said, I want you to do that. And the reason I want you to do that is because I want to do something. Are you seeing the picture here? God when, when he wants to do something, he says, if you'll do this, see, it's, it's not a condition of, well, you know, I'm not giving you something unless you give me something first. That, that's the image that we have had of God when he says, give and it shall be given to you. You know, it's not, well, you got to give me something. If you give me something, I'll give you something. I know some people act like that, but God doesn't act like that. You know, God says, I need you to give me something, so I've got something to multiply. Then I'll multiply it and dump it back in your lap. You, you give it to me with your hand, and I'm going to multiply it and dump it back so much that so you can't hold it in your hand. It will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will men give unto your bosom. Now, what's that talking about? And in, in the, the, the custom of the day, and they understood what he was talking about, was the robe that, that that they wore, the common clothing that they wore, they would take it and pick it up, and it formed a big sack right here of, the, of, their, of their robe. And he says, will men give unto your bosom. That's what he's talking about. So, here we go. Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Moses, I need you to do this because there's something I want to do. Even so, must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. God wanted to do something. He says, you give to me. So I can, Moses, you lift up a serpent in the wilderness so I can have my son lifted up on the cross. Praise God. When you do that, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. Praise God. Praise God. James chapter 1. Verse number 17 says this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation nor shadow of turning. Notice what he says. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from above. Do you realize that the gift you give to him is an imperfect gift? We give him something imperfect, he perfects it, gives it back to us in multiplied form. Every good and perfect gift comes down from no, not every good and perfect gift we we don't, we can't give him a good and perfect gift. We don't even know how to give good and perfect gifts. But we take an imperfect gift and we give it to Him. We can say it this way. He re-gifts it back to us. Praise God. He re-gifts, takes what we gave Him, perfects it. You give Him something broken, He fixes it and gives it back to you. Praise God. You give him something that's messed up, he perfects it, and he gives it back to you. Praise God. In multiplied form. You give him a little, it becomes much, and he gives it back to you. you, you what you give him with your hand, you can't receive back in your hand. Praise God. Praise God. Now, And then he he says this, comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. One translation says there is no play of passing shadows. There's no play of passing shadows. Now, is it okay if I do the the, um, Daniel Shirley paraphrase on that? All right, here's the Daniel Shirley paraphrase on, on that, that uh, there is no variation or shadow of turning. Here we go. He won't mess with your head. He's going to give back to you. He never changes. He, he's never dangling the carrot out in front of you that you can never actually get. Too many people see God that way, that he's dangling something out in front of you that you can never actually have. He's telling you all this stuff, this this goodness and all this stuff in his word. He's telling you all that, but you can't ever really have it. It's really just a carrot on a stick out in front of you. That's how many people see God. But God won't mess with your head. Praise God. When he says give and it shall be given back to you, he's not messing with your head. He's give, He truly will give back to you. Praise God. Every good and perfect gift, you give him an imperfect thing, he gives you the perfect thing. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. Get this. If you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? How much more? You see, if more is not involved, it wasn't God. If if more was not involved, it, it wasn't God. Because an earthly parent desires to give good gifts to their children, but your Father in heaven gives more. He desires even more than you do. Praise God. How many parents in the room, you like to give good gifts to your children? You know, maybe on Christmas morning, now I know a story here, uh, that Roland's birthday is today. I happen to know that he got his gift like two days in advance. Now, Albert's not his father, but, but nonetheless, Albert loves Roland like a son. I know that. And so because of that, I, I know this story that Albert had Roland's gift, and he couldn't wait till today to give it to him. Now, that, that makes the, the point an earthly father desires to give good gifts to their children, technically not a, not his father, but sort of, you know. Well, I mean, we all know the... But but anyway, how much more does your heavenly father desire to give good gifts to you? You know, you're sitting around in the Christmas tree, open this one, open this one, open this one, Yeah. And Dad's over there, and they've all given stuff to Dad, too, but his are all stacking up because he's so excited about what he's got to give to them. Praise God. That, that he's not taking time to open. The, what, go ahead and open yours. Come on, Dad, open yours. Oh, oh okay, all right. But you, you see, earthly fathers... The only reason, only reason we're like that is because of our Heavenly Father, who has by example taught us how to be. Praise God. Praise God. Luke chapter 11, verse number 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will Will your heavenly father give? Notice this, notice the gift he's given. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He says, You give me the best you got, I topped you. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. Praise God. What's the Holy Spirit going to do? He's going to move on the inside of you. He's going to teach you. He's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. He's going to be with you. He's going to abide with you forever. He's going to empower your life. He's going to be your helper. He's going to be your teacher. He's going to be your comforter. He's going to be your strength. He's going to be your peace. He's going to be your empower. Praise God. That's what he's come to do. Jesus went away so the comforter could come. Praise God. You know, I was thinking one day where Jesus said to his disciples, he says, good for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the comforter won't come. And then he starts telling us, when he comes, this is what he's going to do. But, all right, if If you were about to pass from this life into eternity, you you knew that your days were coming to an end and it's time for you to move, (coughs) it's time for you to transition on into heaven. You knew that day was coming. What would you want to do? I mean, this is a a pretty common theme. The person who is about to go to heaven, if they're they're, uh, conscious of that and and have the ability to do that, the thing they want to do is bring, I mean, anybody that has a choice in the matter... I know some people. Sometimes people are taken suddenly, and 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 you know. But if a person has a choice in the thing, what they want to do is they want to bring those that they love around them, and they want to speak blessing over them, and and tell them how much they love them, and you know, and spend those last hours, those last days with those that they love. This is why you know the doctor says, well, you better call the family, well, so the family can come in because they know that a a, a parent, you know, that they want to bring their children around them. They want to tell them goodbye. They want to tell them that they love them. They want to encourage them to, to progress on and take the things that I've taught you and the things i put into your life and take those things and, and use them and make your life better and, you know, and, and they, want, they want to do these things. Well, Jesus was here on this earth. <coughs> he was 33 years old. When he went back to heaven. Now, in 33 years, don't tell me that Jesus didn't build some close relationships. There, You know, there were people on this earth that Jesus had formed a tight bond with in the flesh. I'm not talking about in the spirit. I mean, he's, he's, he's in us by the spirit, but, you know... There were people that he had, he lived with every day. He walked with Jesus and the disciples. They had been through some stuff. You know, they had experienced some things together. They had, had some good times together. They had done some laughing together. They went fishing together, so to speak. You know, I mean they the disciples went fishing. Jesus had fish ready for them on the uh, on the 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 beach, we, we don't know how Jesus got the fish, but nonetheless, He had fish there, so we could, we could say, they've been fishing together. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, so they've been fishing together. Alright, so Jesus had been building this close, tight bond of a relationship with his disciples and, and those that, that he loved, and he says, now I've got to go back to heaven. And he says, it's good for you that I go away. And I got to meditating on that one day, and I thought, you know, that was an act of love for him to go back to heaven. You know, I'm sure that Jesus in the flesh would have liked to just stayed for a while stay a little longer you know i'm sure the disciples wanted him to stay but jesus says it's good for you that i go away so therefore i'm going to go away he said because if i go away i'm going to send the comforter in my place praise god jesus said your father in heaven wants to give the holy spirit those who ask him. You give him an imperfect gift, he perfects that which concerns you. Praise God. He gives you back, regifts gifts back to you, multiplied, perfected. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Romans chapter 11, verse number 29, says, for the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. They're irrevocable. Now, what parent, you know, I always thought this was a cruel thing for parents to say to their kids, well, if you don't behave, I'm going to take your gifts back.
0: Hmm. If
1: you don't straighten up, I'm going to take your gifts back. We'll just load them all up, and we'll just take them back. You know, don't, don't be making those kind of threats, because first of all, you're not going to do it. And then secondly, that's a cruel threat. Your Heavenly Father... <laughs> Never threaten. He, he's given you the best gift there is. He is giving you the Holy Spirit. Now he's just saying that he's going to abide with you forever. And now he says here in Romans chapter 11, verse 29 the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. We might say it this way they're non refundable. Praise God. Praise God. Chapter 14 of John's Gospel, verse number 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Praise God. Acts chapter 2, verse number 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8, verse number 20. There was a man that by the name of Simon... And he saw people receiving the Holy Spirit. And he was so amazed by what he saw that he offered money. He said, give me the ability so that whoever I lay my hands on, they'll receive the Holy Spirit. And he offered them money. And Peter said to him, verse 20 of the 8th chapter of Acts, Your money perish with you because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with money. You thought the gift of God could be purchased with money. Do you realize this, that if you could earn it, it's not a gift. You know, if you go to your employer on Friday to pick up your paycheck, he doesn't wrap it up in a package and put a bow on it and you know, here's your gift. I got a gift for you. No. I got a paycheck for you. You might put it in an envelope, but you know, he he's not giving you a gift. If you could earn it, it's not a gift. Secondly, if you could learn it, it's not a gift. If you could in other words, if you could figure this thing out and figure out how to do it all yourself, and it's not a gift. The gift of God is something that you didn't deserve, you didn't earn, you didn't learn to do it, you didn't, you know. It's it's a gift. Praise God. Acts chapter 10, verse number forty-five. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Now, why I say that? Because if you could earn it, it's not a gift. Now, remember who the Gentiles are. The Gentiles are those who don't have the law. They they had no covenant relationship with God, so they had no law, and because they didn't have a law, there was no way that they earned this gift. There was no way they earned the Holy Spirit, but yet they received the same gift that the Jews received on the day of Pentecost. Let me read that verse again with that understanding those of the circumcision, the Jews, who believed were astonished. Why were they so astonished? They were astonished because they still had a legal mentality. They still thought they earned it. And so it just blew their minds that on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit just like it was on them. They couldn't believe it. just blew their mind. The Gentiles haven't earned this. The Gentiles don't deserve this. The Gentiles don't even attempt to keep the law. And yet they're getting the same gift that we got. Maybe you've got a sibling that's not quite as nice as you are you got a sibling that you know maybe maybe really you do deserve what you got for Christmas but you know they didn't but they got the same gift you got now this is what they're they're thinking here the Jews they say now we know we've been good we were on the Nice li- on Santa's nice list, but those Gentiles they were on the naughty list, and yet they got the same gift we got. How's that work? See, they didn't understand the way God is, they didn't understand the gift giver that He is. Praise God! Those are the circumcision who believed. Were astonished as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Praise God. Now I'm gonna close with this with this this idea and this thought. Romans chapter five, verse number fifteen. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses reigned through the one. Much more those who received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense Judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Notice that he calls righteousness. Your acceptance with God is a gift. So let me leave you with this thought. Stop trying to earn the gift. Stop trying to earn the gift. I'm not saying you shouldn't be living right. You should. I'm not saying that sin won't hurt you. That's that's not what I'm saying. It will. Sin will kill you. But I'm saying that you did not earn your right standing with God. You could not earn your right standing with God, so stop trying to earn it. Stop trying to impress God with what you think you need to do to, you know, well, if I can just do this, maybe he'll accept me. He made you accepted by the blood of Jesus. And he gave you the gift of righteousness. How many of you, if someone walked up to you, got a, you got a great friend or a parent or a sibling or who, you know, they, they come up and they give you a gift. Would you try to pay them? You know, here, let me let me pay you for that. What an insult. What an insult. Somebody loves you and they want to give you a gift and you're trying to pay them? Well, you know, I couldn't... I Never, oh, that's that's oh, that's much more than I did. I could never pay. I could never repay you. Don't be dumb. They wanted to give it to you. Receive the gift. Praise God. Receive the gift. He gave you a gift you could never repay. You can't repay. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can't learn it. It was free. Cost him a lot. But it cost you nothing. You just simply have to believe it and receive it. Praise God. Maybe you're watching me today. Maybe you're in this room today. And fathers, father God is saying, here's your gift. I'm I'm so excited to offer you this gift. You see, he's offering you a gift of righteousness today. He's offering you a gift of the Holy Spirit today. He wants you to receive. If you have never received the gift, there are some people in this room that can testify that it's a good gift, right? Praise God. Praise God. If you say it's a good gift, everybody thinks that thinks that, that it's the greatest gift ever, just say amen. amen. And Let that be a witness to those who are wondering whether you should accept this gift or not. You should. The ones who, have, who are here today who have received the gift, they're saying, go ahead, open the gift. Come on, come on. We, we want you to open it. Open it right now. Don't wait till Christmas. Open it right now. Amen. Praise God. The gift is available to you right here today. How do you receive this gift of righteousness? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Or in other words, you will receive the gift. Praise God. Praise God. So I want to lead you. this morning I, I want everybody to pray this with me if you would doesn't matter how many times you've said it before you can never confess the lordship of Jesus too many times praise God I'm not saying they lost their salvation I'm saying you could never confess the lordship of Jesus too many times praise God so let's say this together and if you pray this and you mean it then according to God's word, you will be saved. If you don't mean it, nothing will happen. But if you mean what you're saying, the Bible says you will pass from death to life. You will be born again. Holy Spirit, the gift that Father is wanting to give you will move on the inside of you, and he will stay there forever. He will never leave you. Praise God. Gift is is irrevocable. Say this with me. Say, God in heaven, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, that he paid the penalty for all of my sins, and you raised him up from the dead, So I could have new life. Today, I choose Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. Thank you, Father, for the amazing gift of righteousness. I am now in right standing with you. Thank you, Father. Not because I earned it, not because I learned it, but because you are a good father who gives good gifts. Thank you.
0: Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select... I choose Jesus on our website, and we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus, and I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us, and remember that God is madly in love.